welcome to TTM Cast, your sports collectibles podcast, sponsored by SportsCardForum.com, the ultimate in sports card trading and discussion, and sponsored by Diamond Service Grading, fast, accurate, transparent card grading for today's collectors. And now, here's our host, Jeff Baker. Hello, everybody, and welcome to TTM Cast, your sports collectibles podcast, where we talk TTM cards, autographs, collecting, and a whole lot more. It's season four, episode eight. It is February 27th. I can't believe we're done with February. Thank goodness. Uh, you are listening to the nationally ranked sports card podcast. I am your host. My name is Jeff Baker, and I'm joined by my friend and co-host of life, Mr. Drew Pelto. Welcome, Drew. Hey, good to be on here, as always. Drew, I thought we were going to have to do this podcast the old-fashioned way with uh, paper cups and string, you know, like they used to do in the cartoons. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was going to tap out my responses on Morse code and everything and send them across to you there. But I know, it's smoke signals or something, but yep. we are up and running. Technology is our friend once again. We have all sorts of stuff to talk about today. Drew, why don't you let people know how they can find you on YouTube? Of course, if you look up Drew's autographs or just go to youtube.com slash Drew Pelto, find all my videos there. I should have one going up on probably Monday or Tuesday to cover everything in February. Uh, if you don't want to remember that address, just go to dfwgrapher.com. All the links to everything that I do is on there. So it's got my uh, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, everything all linked right there in one convenient place. Yeah, guys, follow Drew on social media because he posts all the time, and we post all the time as well. I'm at TTM Cast on Instagram. I'm at Cast TTM on Twitter. I post a lot on Twitter lately, so check that out. And uh, you know, we we're also uh, just one more bit of housekeeping. We have our radio show, which is called uh, the Sports Collectors Club. Our website is sportscollectorsclub.com. We are on the Sports Map Radio Network. We are. Uh, but we are on Sunday mornings from 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern time. And then we replay the show from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern as well. So you don't have to get up too early. If you want to listen to our show. If you don't have a SportsMap radio station in your area, you can just download the SportsMap radio app and listen to our show right on the SportsMap radio app. Or you can go to SportsMapRadio.com and you can find out um, where they're the local station is you also can go to our uh, page in the podcast page and you can uh, access all our old shows there or you can go to our website sportscollectorsclub.com and listen to all our shows there we post our shows there uh sunday after after and all our old shows are there so that's a, a bit of housekeeping drew we're having fun on the on the radio show aren't you oh yeah i'm definitely enjoying that it's uh, taking me back to my previous life there as i was uh, used to work in broadcasting itself there was a play-by-play -play guy and occasional host so yeah it's been fun getting back into that yeah and guys we have different content there not 100 percent different content but we do have a lot of different content so uh check it out um you know drew i had a, a pretty good week in terms of returns and we're going to talk about that later in returns and, and collecting wise how'd your week go pretty good as well i mean yeah like you said uh several returns there for me as well um Got a few uh, eBay and trade pickups in this week as well. So a lot of really good stuff going on here. And hopefully, uh, hopefully we can have some more coming in next week as well. Did you pick up your uh, 2022 baseball yet? Series one baseball yet? I haven't. I went to, what was it? I think two different Walmarts at Target and had no luck at any of them. Totally sold out at all of those ones. So I might give another check here this week or next and hope for the best there. And yeah, see if I can grab some. 
Yeah, as, as, you, as we'll talk about later, there's millions of cards out there. There are going to be millions of cards out yeah. there. So um, you, you'll find it. I'm still looking for I, I have. I owe one of our listeners a blaster box that I haven't been able to find either. So as soon as uh, I, I, I'm sure they're trying to fill out all, all the hobby needs and all the online stuff before they get, get it into the, the retail stores. But uh, we got a lot to talk about this week. We have two really fun interviews. Uh, I got to speak with Mike Ruzioni. Mike Ruzioni, of course, was the captain of the 1980 Winter Olympic U.S. hockey team. And it was 42 years this week that they captured the gold. They beat Russia. Then they beat Finland to win the gold. Uh, and we talk about his uh, Olympic experience and also talk a little collecting and dealing with autograph requests. And, and then uh, at the end of Baker's Dozen, we're going to have Ted Mann on. Ted is the uh, co-founder and CEO of collects.com. It's C-O-L-L-X dot app. I'm sorry. C-O-L-L-X. C-O-L-L-X dot app. And it's a great app. Um, so we're going to talk to Ted Mann learn more about his uh, fabulous app. Uh, next week, we're going to have 1974 National League Most Valuable Player Steve Garvey on. Uh, very thrilled to, to talk to Steve. And we're going to talk about a little about his career, a little about he was a bat boy for the Brooklyn Dodgers and Detroit Tigers and the New York Yankees from, I think, 1956 to 61 in spring training. So he had a, he had, had a lot of... Uh, interaction with these guys he's been a card collector since he was a little kid so we talk collecting and we talk autographs and it's a it'll be a great interview next week with steve garvey this week we have all our regular segments i don't think i have to run them down drew drew do you you think we can just go right in right into our show don't you think i think so i think uh, most listeners are well familiar with it by now yeah if you want to reach out to us there's two ways to reach out to us we have a text line it's 978-729-0662 once again 978 Seven two nine zero six six two, or you can me email us at ttmcast at yahoo.com. Yeah, we love to get feedback from listeners. If you uh, have suggestions, if you want to tell Drew how awesome he is, if you want to uh, make fun of my football picks, if you want to uh, make this suggestion for being a guest on the show, we're you know we're really um, fortunate that we've getting a lot of people interested in being guests, and we're we're kind of backed up into March right now. Uh, through almost March in terms of uh, guest book, but we are always looking for guests. We love to talk to fellow collectors. So if you're interested in being a, a guest in the show and want to talk TTM and collecting, just send us an email at ttmcast.yahoo.com or you can text us at 978-729-0662. And uh, those are the two best way to reach us out to us. We're all, as I said at the beginning, we're on social media. We have a website, which is ttmcast.com. And I think that I think we got all the housekeeping out of the way, don't you think, Drew? Yeah, I think we're pretty well covered there. If all you can't right, find us, just plug it in on Google, and you'll be good to go. That's right. Let's get let's get right into it, and we'll start off the show with Baker's dozen. Well, Baker's dozen is a new summary of what's been going on in the hobby, and and as always, we've had a very busy week. Um, one of the, you know, we keep seeing uh, print run figures for tops for the 2022 series one, the flagship. And uh, there's actually a cool video on um, on YouTube from tops about uh, the making of the ser- uh, 2022 series one. You should check it out. It's really uh, it's produced by tops, but it's a, it's a really interesting video. But a couple of um, some print run figures that we saw. Uh, this is based on all of the, the, the tops cards and turn uh in terms of 
blaster boxes and jumbos and hobby boxes and such. There, there's an estimate that there's almost 730 individual, about 730,000 individual cards have been printed. So, uh, Drew, that's an awful lot of cards. Uh, probably, what, what do we say, like seven to 10 times that they, they printed just in like 2000, based in 2019. So there's a lot, there's going to be a lot of cards out there. It definitely seems that way. I mean, fortunately, it hasn't hit that explosion point that we talked about last week, where in 1991, they're doing about four to five million of each card. But still, that is an awful lot out there. I mean, three quarters of a million cards of each card almost out there. So uh, it's concerning to me a little bit, but at the same time, it's not as bad as it has been before. And 1991 Tops, you know, doesn't really hold a whole lot of value to it, but there's still collectors of it out there. There's still a few a few valuable, semi-valuable ones out there. So it's at least, I mean, I've, I've, I'm cautiously optimistic, I guess is probably the best way to put it right there. It's like, I mean, they're meeting the demand right now. Maybe that demand will stay on for longer. Like we talked about the other week with uh, Fanatics wanting to expand out to, you know, kind of increase their market of collectors tenfold there. So it could be all right. I don't know, but uh, you know, it's not as bad as it could be at least is what I'm going to say on that. So yeah, hopefully, uh, I mean, I hopefully everything it, goes well there. I mean, I think it's good that they're they're meeting the demand because last year, last couple of years, has been tough to find cards. Baseball cards not as much as football and basketball, but still, it's been tough to find cards on a retail level. And uh, you know, you you and I have been looking for the these on a retail level, and they really haven't hit. There's still people that are scooping these babies up. So, um, I, I you know what? I, I don't collect for value per se. It's, it's kind of a nice bonus, right? That you have something that, that, that has some value to it. And I think I, I, I'm not, I'm not sure about you, but I would kind of collect the, the love of the cards and uh, getting the cards to send out to autographs. But um, as a hobby, I, we have to be careful um, from as man, from a manufacturer standpoint that they don't flood the market with so many cards that it just scares away a big segment of uh, people that are in the hobby to, to make make uh, a living off it or make make profit off it and there's nothing wrong with that either so but tops had an oops right a big oops the, <laughs> in the series one yeah pop quiz listeners uh, how many of you out there without looking it up can spell Yastremski off the top of your head now I'm sure that Jeff can because I mean he's a Red Sox fan. I can because it's written out right in front of me on the screen here as we're recording that. <laughs> and it gets a little confusing because you've got that S-T-R-Z right in the middle there. Well, Topps managed to screw up his name on the uh, base card there, both the front and the back. But the crazy thing is not in the way you would think. You'd think, you know, that S-T-R-Z right in the middle, I mean, four consents right there kind of screws things up. They mess up on the back end of it on the S-K-I. Instead of Yastremski, it's Yastremkasi on it. They switch the S and the K on there. And it's like... Guys, guys, quality control. Let's let's get, you know, I mean, if it's anything like my job, those cards are passing by multiple times by at least five sets of eyes. And somehow nobody, if they have the same way that it goes there, then nobody managed to catch it on there, which is shocking a little bit. But yeah, so uh, I guess that's the uh, the bad news is that, yeah, it's it's misspelled. Mike of what I've seen doesn't really see because he's like, ah, whatever, I'm on the card. It's a tough name, whatever. Um Kind of worst news, I guess, out of there is that it's uncorrected, so there won't be any kind of a premium value on the uh, misspelled ones at all. But at the same time, that can be a good thing because you don't have two versions of it to chase now or anything like that. So just a little something to watch out for right there, a little fun oddity and all that, but uh, nothing's going to really contain any uh, extra value to it, though, either. 
Yeah, isn't it funny that they misspelled it on the front and the back? You know what I mean? It's it's a little weird. I don't know. I'm not sure how where the the if they're drawing these names out of some type of database or or what. But Yastrzemski would think with with his his uh, grandfather being a you know a, a Hall of Famer that that would be one name that they would spell right. But it, it, it it's too bad and it's a little comical. And I guess Mike doesn't really care. It doesn't doesn't bother him. So if it doesn't bother him. I guess it doesn't bother me. I just want to let everyone know memory lane auctions uh, just completed their, their auctions for February and they had uh, more than $10 million in sales, which is outstanding. Uh, they had a Babe Ruth rookie card that sold for over $600,000 and a PSA 8, 1957, 58 Bill Russell rookie card sold for over $200,000. So it, the hobby is still alive and still breathing and, and uh, still flourishing when you can uh, achieve uh, numbers like that. Yeah, and online auctions are looking really big right now as well, as they always are. Uh, eBay put out some sales figures for December 1st to February 16th. So about two and a half months right there, they sold 140,000 basketball cards in that time. So uh, it's a heck of a lot of cards right there in a short amount of time, but that's always the way it goes with eBay. I mean, you're going to see a lot on there. $18 million brought in from those uh, cards as well. So business is booming there. Your big five eBay basketball sellers, of course, uh, LeBron James, number one right now. Uh, John Morant came in second. LaMelo Ball, third. Luka Doncic, fourth. And the Greek freak, Giannis Antetokounmpo, came in at the number five spot there. So those are your big guys to watch out for. And, uh, I mean, who knows who's going to be right after that. So, you know, keep your eyes on how things are going there and see if you might have the next uh, top five guy somewhere in your collection. Yeah, hopefully my boy Jason Tatum will get in there. <laughs> he, he, he's having a pretty good year. Um, you know, this is this is sad news, right? Spring training has been delayed. We uh, I just saw that they're, they've delayed it through March 8th right now. Um, this is we're doing this on Sunday. It's on, on Saturday, the 26th. We're recording this and they're supposed to have a big meeting uh, as with a Monday deadline. Um, to see if they're going to cancel games and in event cancel a lot of spring training, which is kind of sad because spring training has always been a great place to get autographs and set autographs out. I know uh, in the past, uh, not last year because of COVID, but prior to that, I would always get, I don't know, 15 to 20 successes from spring training. Nothing earth shattering, but I always got some, some good guys. And, and I'm sure you did do as well, Drew. Um, are, you, are you sending any uh, requests out for spring training this year? Um, I'm not. I'm going to be sending a few to, uh, I found a few guys who've been signing through home addresses over the uh, off season. So I'm going to try those right now as well. And I'm going to hope honestly that maybe a few more guys will start uh, opening up signing through there, but uh, we'll see what happens. There. I haven't really sent much to the teams lately in the last few years. Usually when I do it, I just send out in April once they actually report to the major league stadiums, but it seems like they're cracking down on in-person autographs at the minor league camps, or at least one team is so far. A uh, photo was posted on Facebook and Twitter just this past week from the Lakeland, Florida camp of the Detroit Tigers minor leaguers with a big sign posted that said no autographs. It says allowable items, uh, personal food items and beverages, lawn chairs, soft side coolers, binoculars, cameras, collapsible umbrellas, prohibited items in order going down the list, baseballs, bats, autograph books, baseball cards and albums, posters, weapons and alcoholic beverages. Baseball cards, more <laughs> dangerous than all these weapons. I mean, I guess, yeah, you can take it and probably, you know, sharpen them up and use them. It's like a Chinese throwing star or something, but come on, this is insane. Now, I will say, 
the Tigers were one of the teams out there that really did have some uh, fairly strict uh, no signing policies due to COVID across all their minor league teams. I know a lot of the guys like uh, Spencer Torkelson had to, you know, say, oh, sorry, guys, I, they're not letting us sign. And like nobody on the team was signing in Erie and possibly in their A-level affiliates as well. AAA Toledo was kind of touch and go. Some guys would, a lot of guys wouldn't. So maybe it's just some remnants of that, but you've got 30 teams and it seems like 25 of them had absolutely no problem signing at some point during last season. And as far as I know, there were no major COVID spikes because of players signing autographs at all, having that contact there. At least it didn't seem like there were any major spikes in the minor leagues at all. So I think it's kind of questionable as to why the Tigers are doing this. I mean, they can say it's COVID and everything. I personally think the reasons may be a little bit more nefarious that, you know, sorry guys, there's money to be had and we're going to take it from you and make, make you pay through whatever organization they want to run their autographs through. But yeah, I don't know there. Hopefully that's only just a brief anomaly and we'll have a decent uh, year for signing in person this year, but I don't know. We'll just have to see what happens, I guess. But that's uh, that's what's been going on, at least in Lakeland, Florida right now. Yeah, and the Tigers have always been difficult to send cards um, through the team. You, yeah. you never you never got to send TTM requests through the team. They wouldn't they wouldn't process any of those. And, you know, the Red Wings have their charity thing where you have to sign it. So maybe uh, the Tigers or, or the Red Wings or both of them got together and said, hey, we're, this is a nuisance and we don't want to deal with it. And this is this is the way we're going to deal with it. And I thought the Tigers had a, some type of charity thing for TTM as well. Did they not? They do, or at least they did. I don't know if they still run that at all, but I know that they have in the past because like when Wally Joyner was coaching there, he was accessible for a $10 uh, charitable donation. And the great thing is on the website lists what each player is donating them to. So if there's a certain cause that you really want to support or something like that, you can even uh, go and see which players are supporting certain causes and all that. But yeah, they have had that in the past. I'm not sure if it's still a thing running right now, but uh, I think that's a great thing. They're doing that. They're at least keeping the players accessible, which I mean is better than just, you know, chucking everything in a garbage can or something like that, but not quite as good as getting it for free, but still, I mean, it's at least something there and it's going to a decent cause. So I can't really fault them much for that. And I'm hoping, hopefully they're going to keep on going with that. Yeah. I mean, I hope that in worst case scenario, I hope that at least open it up to kids because, it, you know, as I remember as a kid, I used to love just going to the Red Sox game and hang by the railing and try to get the, the guys to sign before the game. And I'm sure you did the same thing. And, and even, now, you, you know, go ahead, just these guys are minor leaguers and, and some of these guys aren't making the major leagues. You know what I mean? And it, I'm sure they enjoy the interaction with the fan, fans and signing cards. So I hope they, they uh, lessen some of these restrictions. Um, one other thing I, I'd like to mention, uh, Tops Timeless, which is TopsTimeless.com's Tops Digital Arm. They're, they got this cool auction on NFT uh, uh, for an NFT, a one of one NFT. And we're going to really uh, focus a little more on NFT um, kind of a, on a week uh, on a weekly basis, because I think it's, it's an important new segment of collecting. It's not something that Drew and I really are into yet. But, um, you know, we're going to have we're going to have an expert uh, from. Uh, JP Morgan on to talk NFTs. We're gonna hope oh, we got a couple other people lined up to talk NFTs. So we're gonna we're gonna talk NFTs uh, on the show a little more. But tops tops it's topsidelist.com. They're auctioning off a one of one 1952 Mickey Mantle card, at, which is an NFT. Uh, it's gonna be March 1st through the 4th. Um, I'm sure it's gonna go for well above Drew and I's budget. I don't yeah. think it's gonna go for 15 or 20 dollars, but 
Uh, well, you know, follow. We'll follow. We'll let you know how much it goes. I know Tops always issues NFT um, packs that you can buy, and they sell up fairly quickly. And all the other uh, major sport leagues have NFTs, and Tom Grady's autograph company is is doing NFTs. So NFTs is an important uh, segment of collecting. It's a smaller segment right now, but um, it, it's a growing market. So just. Keep, we'll, we'll keep an eye on it for you. And if, if you're into NF, NFTs, let us know. Send us an email. And, you know, and if you're really into NFTs, we, we'd love to have you on the show. Send us an email at ttmcast.com. It's something that Drew and I are kind of learning about. But it, it is uh, it is kind of cutting edge for collecting, don't you think, Drew? It is. It's still something that I'm just kind of looking at and thinking it might just be a passing fad. But it's still growing. So who knows? It might end up being the next big thing. Yeah, we don't know. So we're gonna we're not going to ignore it. And uh well, we'll let you know how the, the Mickey Mantle uh, 1952 NFT goes. Uh, a couple new releases we want to let everyone know about. Uh, the other day, uh, Topps 2021-22, uh, Donruss uh, Basketball, I must have said Topps, I forgive, forgive me, it's 2021-2022, Donruss Basketball came out on February 25th. Uh, Hobby Boxes, uh, Jumbo Boxes, it's 10 packs, 30 cards per pack, which I love the Jumbo Boxes. I don't know about you, Drew, but I love the Jumbos. Uh, 300 cards per box, you get one autograph and one relic, and they go for about $450. Uh, you know, the jumbos are always the most expensive ones, but they seem to have great inserts and, and uh, great autographs in them. So uh, check that out. Got a uh, ABA coming out with a new uh, thing coming out, honoring their top 30 players available at droppingdimes.org. 10 card packs with one uh, in every six packs will have an autograph in there. You're going to run $20 per pack. Uh, benefits dropping dimes. I know Jeff, you've done a lot of stuff with uh, promoting their work on the show here before. So, uh, Atlanta Sports involved in it as well. So, definitely check that out. The ABA, of course, um, kind of the uh, one of the offshoots there in the 1970s, there when everybody was trying to put a rival league out there for one of the, uh, to go against the top leagues. Eventually got absorbed into the NBA, but the a lot of those ABA players they don't get the NBA pensions or anything like that. DroppingDimes.org helps them out with that. So definitely go and check that out. You're supporting a great cause. And it sounds like a really, really cool product right there with the top 30 players and some solid autograph chances as well. There are. There are good autographs. Check it out, DroppingDimes.org. Or you go to LanaSports.com. Sorry. It's L-A-N-A Sports.com. We had talked about the release a couple weeks ago, but now they're officially available. And $20 per pack and all the money goes to the droppingdimes.org uh, to help out former ABA players. Uh, next up, I have a, um, an interview with Ted Mann. Ted is co-founder and CEO of a great app. It's called uh, collects.app, C-O-L-L-X.app. And uh, we talked to Ted about um, developing the app and uh, what the app does and future plans for the app. And it's a really fun app. Drew and I both use it. So uh, please enjoy my interview with Ted Mann. Co-founder and CEO of Collects.app. Joining us on the TTM Cast Hotline is co-founder and president of probably the best app for collectors out there. And I'm talking about Collects.app, and his name is Ted Mann. Ted, welcome to the program, Ted. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks for having me on. You're welcome, Ted. I've been using the, the app now for, I don't know, a month three or four weeks and I, I just love it. And then when I started using it, I was like, I have to have Ted on the program because this is, is the most, uh, this most fun, easy app for a card collector ever. But what I'd like to talk to you first about is what inspired you to, to create the app? Um, well, thank you. First of all, thank you for the kind words. Um, 
the inspiration for this app was my kids. Uh, I have two young boys, ages seven and 10, and they both became obsessed with cards during the pandemic. It started with Pokemon cards, then graduated to sports cards, and and now it just feels like it's everything. It's like an, <laughs> a new collectible seems to, to enter their orbit uh, every day. Um, but they had a problem, um, which was a problem I remembered from my childhood, which was trying to figure out the, the prices of their cards. Um, and back then, uh, there really weren't too many solutions, you know, when I, when I was collecting, uh, yikes, like 30 years ago. Um, and, <laughs> yeah, I think uh, you and I are about the same age. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it was like back then, you know, you'd get like tough stuff or a Beckett guide and that, that was probably your best option. Um, and I, you know, I, I became pretty good at it uh, back then, to, you know, where I was, you know, when I would, when I would go and trade with my friends, I'd try to have, be armed with that information. And so my kids were, I think, looking to, to have similar um, insights. Well, at first they, they would come into my office and they'd say, dad, guess what? I Googled this card. It's worth $5,000. We're rich. You know I mean? <laughs> I'd have to say, you know, I know I don't have too many uh, you know, cards that are worth that much. And so I have to say, well, you know, let's, let's, you know, maybe it's worth that much. Let's go and check it, check it out. Let's, let's go and, and, and do a little research. And so I, I taught them how to use eBay and, and, and I bought an, a Beckett guide again, and even got a Beckett online subscription. And we tried one thing after another, after another. Um, and uh, suffice it to say, all of the tools that, 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 that I looked to were, were still quite, quite difficult and time consuming. And uh, I was shocked that there was no app for this, that there wasn't an app where you could just quickly scan a card and look it up. And uh, eventually I reached a point after doing this with my, with my boys for months, I guess, where I decided to help them build something. And uh, it wasn't very pretty at first, Jeff. Uh, it's, it was not the Collects app. It was initially just a spreadsheet. Um, but uh, we used a, a tool called Airtable, which allows you to also take a picture and add it to the spreadsheet. And we added in this ability to to do a visual search against that card. Um, that's a it's a technology I've been using for the last ten years. I've had four startups that have all used computer vision and visual search to solve different problems, um, totally unrelated to cards. We had an app for coupons and an app for uh, fashion, and we also uh, built a business around a spare part recognition. Um, but when applied to uh, trading cards, it works beautifully. And basically, we were able to give them a way to take a picture of their card, look it up, get the get the current uh, average market value. And my kids loved it. They became uh, our first kind of, you know, alpha testers, I guess you could say. And uh, and it all kind of grew from there. Well, we're talking with Ted Man. Ted is um, Prez founder and CEO of the best app out there. It's called Collects.app. And Ted, why don't you let people know uh, how the app works and, and what the app does? Sure. So it's, uh, the app is available um, on the uh, iOS App Store as well as Google Play. So whether you're iPhone or Android, doesn't matter. Um, you can, you know, it's available on both platforms. And uh, when, you, when you first download the app, um, you'll have an option to take a picture of a card, right? And so you can take a picture of any, uh, initially it was football, baseball, basketball. We just added hockey and soccer in the last week. By the um, so way, I'm the, I'm the happiest person that you added to hockey. Oh yeah, that's great. I'm I'm thrilled. Uh, yeah, hockey. It's you know it's still early days for us with hockey, but all told, we got about 12 million cards in this database. So it's a big, big database of cards. Our goal was to be able to en enable you to look up any card, right? 
Um, there are some, I should, you know, I said earlier, there are no apps. There are some apps that allow you to look up, uh, you know, a subset of cards, you know, maybe they're the graded cards or the higher end cards, but we wanted to be able to enable you to look up any card, right? So you can take a picture of any card and collects will identify it and try to match it to the, the, the most visually similar match. Um, just to set expectations, it's not right 100% of the time. It's not, nothing's 100%. Um, Ted, but, it's pretty good. It really is pretty good, especially the vintage cards. I think it does, it does a lot better with the vintage cards than the, the newer cards because I did a couple new cards. And uh, because of all the uh, different options and color base, it's a little hard for the app to find it. But, you know, like a 1972 Rod Carew, it found that in like seconds. Yeah, that's the, that's the idea. So it'll, it'll match the card. Um, and it will give you back, you know, I'll tell you what that card is, if there are variants, right? So like with modern cards or even vintage cards, sometimes there are reprints or there are parallels, right? So it'll tell you when, when those are detected as well. Um, so uh, once you, I, you know, once you've got your match, it'll also give you the current average market price. Um, so we attempt to we use other auction sites, primarily eBay, um, which has the most, which has the most transactions. To, to give you um, a current average price. If we can't get an average price off of the you know, most recent transactions, then we give you the last known sale price, um, which is a little less accurate. And then if we don't even have that, then we fall back to uh, an estimated price. Um, and the estimation price, estimated prices is a thing we're, we're still working on quite a bit um, because it's, it's hard, right? When you're trying to, when you're trying to get pricing for 12 million cards, um, we have to come up with a bunch of different techniques to be able to 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 back into those estimated prices. Um, but right now we have pricing for basically all of our cards, uh, almost all of them. Um, and so once you've scanned your cards, you can then add them to a collection and you can see what your total portfolio is worth. Um, so that's 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 the app right now. There's a lot more to come, um, but that's that's the collects app right now. Well, what's neat is you can put in what grade, and if it's not graded, what condition it's in. Um, and also, um, you, you know, you get to take a picture of the front and the back, and it, it gives you a complete portfolio of your collection, which is fabulous. And uh, it's really expensive, right? It's really expensive for, for a user to use the app, right? <laughs> yes, it's a, it's, a, it's a whole zero dollars and zero cents. It's a, it's a free <laughs> app. It will remain a free app. Um, and uh, yeah, it's uh, that was part part of my ambition here was just to build an app that anybody could use, right? And you don't have to worry about us uh, about us charging you for it. It will remain free. Is and how do you, as a business person, how are you monetizing this? Is are you getting it through um, so subscription are, based? You know, what I mean, get through people, you know, social media, or how how are you generating? Uh, you know, you, you got to make a living, my friend. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> Of course, yeah, no. So, 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 so we will we will make money, uh, and we'll be making money through a marketplace. So, our um, our plan is to launch a pretty robust marketplace where you'll be able to buy and sell cards. And our goal is to really give people just as much liquidity, just as much uh, you know ability to to buy or sell um, as you'd find on eBay. Um, and so, getting all of that working is, uh, is, 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 is what's taken us a little bit of extra time to get it right. Uh, we don't want to launch a marketplace that, you know, is like a ghost town. Um, so, you know, we'll be launching it in the, in the next couple months. Um, I'd say like mid spring is, is sort of our timeline. 
Um, but it's going to be really neat. You know, what, what's going to be special about our marketplace versus some other ones that exist is you'll have visibility into what the buyer and the seller own. So you can actually make much smarter recommendations based on that, right? So if I know that, that, that you collect Rod Carew, or if you know that I collect the, the Phillies or Mike Schmidt, you know, you can, we can start to make those, those linkages and we can start to make those recommendations. So if, if you go to buy my Rod Carew car, but, but you also see like, oh, Ted has a lot of Phillies and Mike Schmidt that I'm also interested in, we can make those recommendations and allow you to not just get one card, but maybe get a whole bunch, cut down on the, on the, on the, uh, the shipping costs as a result um, and facilitate those kinds of transactions. Um, so and also the connections between the buyer and the seller and like, you know, the community. As a collector saying, you know, I've scanned in maybe 20 cards, but I haven't said that any of my cards are, are for sale, right? I'm just, I'm just compiling cards right now and yeah. adding my collection. Uh, is my collection um, available to other people so that maybe somebody sees that I do have a 1970 Rod Carew in, in, in excellent condition, but it's not graded, but I'm not looking to sell it. Would, can somebody reach out and say, hey, I'm interested in acquiring that either through trade or purchase. Is that something that's currently available? Yeah, it, it actually is uh, in the app. So when we launched, we, we have a, we launched with a thin social layer um, where you can follow other people that you know, right? So you can actually connect your address book and see all the people that you know on collects. You can go and browse their collections. You can also search individual users through the app. But what's going to be really cool, Jeff, uh, to preview what's coming in, in the next week or so is uh, we're going to have an activity feed. Um, so we'll be surfacing really interesting cards that are getting scanned in by other users. So even if it's people you don't necessarily know, but if you see that they have similar interests, you'll start to see that coming in through um, just a feed, similar to what you see on other social apps. Um, so you'll be able to scroll through and see the cards that are getting scanned in um, and other featured cards, cards for sale. You'll be able to find them much more easily. Um, we'll be ramping that up considerably. And then when we're um, getting closer to launching the marketplace, we'll be also giving some tools to be able to list your cards. So if you didn't actually go in and specify a listing price we're going to make that really really easy so if you decide you do want to to sell some of your cards making that um as, as simple as possible well most of my cards are in spreadsheets right i have spreadsheets and i know that's that i'm collecting is there a way or, or a plan so that i can just upload my spreadsheet into the app and then it will just populate it and so that i can use that as my checklist so to speak so that when i do go to a show and i'm looking for a 1982 nolan ryan flare card uh and i like, scan a, like, it. A, like as a wish list uh, yeah or oh interesting okay uh, I thought you were suggesting like you could import um, from a spreadsheet because we've gotten that request as well. Both, um, both, really both. Okay. <laughs> um, well, I'll start with the, the, the import export. So that's been a very, a very popular request. So um, importing is a little bit more challenging than exporting. So we'll probably add the export function pretty soon. We actually already have already tested it. It works great. So once you've scanned in, you know, we have some users that have scanned in thousands of cards. Right, you'll be able to export that and get the current price for a one-time export, um, you know, at any point. Um, so that that's a thing we will we will enable pretty soon. Importing is a little more challenging, and it's only because the terminology you might use in your spreadsheet won't necessarily match what's in our database. So we either have to have the the smarts to be able to to do the fuzzy matching, 
or we have to give you tooling to be able to kind of link those 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 fields. So um, so that's a thing we are we are planning to do, uh, but it probably won't be very immediate. Um, but we will we are going to look at adding um, adding the import option. We have if any collectors, you know, yourself included, Jeff. If you have large collections that are already in spreadsheet form, especially if they're collections that already have images um, in the spreadsheet, and some collectors do that too, um, that we would definitely like to talk to you because we 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 may have a a much faster way to be able to bulk import those, but it'd be a little more hands-on with us. So you can email me, um, Ted T E D at collect C O L L X dot A P P. Let me know if that's if you fit that. Um, that description. We just did that actually for a collection that has, it's a very large collection. The initial import we did was about 70,000 cards. Wow. So they have a very big collection in collection right now, but they want to make it even bigger. Um, so so we, we've proven that we can do that and, and we're excited to do more of that. Um, uh, as far as uh, wish list, want list, um, that is another thing on a roadmap. Um, I don't know if we'll, if we'll get to that before we launch the marketplace. Um, but definitely it's a thing when you have a marketplace, you know, being able to know when new cards are getting listed, um, getting notified on that. I mean, obviously eBay does that really well. We want to have that same, um, that same kind of functionality as well. Yeah, we're speaking with Ted Mann. Ted is uh, co-founder and CEO of a great app. It's called Collects.app. It is a free app to download. It is available in the app stores, available on Google Play. You can go check it out at Collects.app and, and learn more about it. And the best part of it is free. It's very fun and very easy to use. Um, Ted, I'm a, a, an autograph collector. A lot of my collectors are, are autograph collectors. Um, is that an option that you, you, you're going to add into the future as well? Because you know I you had conditions and you had cards and you could find the cards but I, there was no place to to put that if my card was autographed or not oh jeff you're you're, you're it's, i feel like you've like read our, our roadmap uh yes yeah, so we will be adding in the option for you to indicate if a card is an autograph we are also looking to add automatic automated uh autograph detection as well um so those are those are both things that we um you know that, that we are planning to add um there's other you know features and facets of cards that we want to do a better job of automatically detecting like you mentioned the modern card and the parallels so we're looking to add parallel detection as a, as a you know as an additional kind of computer vision technique um to the mix um and yeah yeah definitely definitely a thing i mean you know we all know that having an autograph significantly increases the value of the card so not only incorporating the detection of that and being able to label it as such but also incorporating that into the pricing is pretty important you guys have been very aggressive and creative on, on social media, and I fi actually find you guys on TikTok. And uh, you know, you've made, <laughs> no kidding, you made really? your dog a star. You made your son Charlie a star. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell him that. Has I, TikTok been I, effective for you guys? I'm so impressed. I, I I feel like I have no idea what the hell we're doing on TikTok, but yet somehow people are finding us there. It's uh, it's oddly become. I mean, we. I have. I have. Um, I have told my daughter more times than I can count that she is like forbidden from going on TikTok, and here I am like making <laughs> social media stars out of my boys. Um, so the, the 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 peak irony there, um, <laughs> but yeah, it's TikTok's TikTok's crazy. Um, it's fun. I, I'm addicted. With my I'm son addicted his, to it. His grandpa scanning his old Redman cards that like got like a hundred thousand views somehow. <laughs> I know how come why do you you know because I was looking at that and you, you know you guys have you know two to five hundred or most of your your TikToks and some of them are up to eight hundred and then you have grandpa with almost a hundred thousand 
TikTok. Yeah, your guess is as good as mine, Jeff. If you if if you could explain how this crazy TikTok algorithm worked, I would I would very much like to hear because I have no idea why certain posts get go viral. Yeah, the one with the dog picking the Super Bowl winner. Yeah, that 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 was also pretty popular. You guys, you guys have been um, kind of up and up and running for a couple months now, right? Is that is that true? We launched just over a month ago, um, yeah. so mid January um, of of twenty two. So it's it's still very early days for us, um, but it's been really exciting. We have close to twenty thousand users on the app, um, over a million cards scanned. It's uh, you know it's it, the whole thing is uh, grown much faster than I ever would have expected, um, and. Uh, you know, we're only just getting started. Yeah, I mean, the best use, obviously, Ted, is you can, you know, because it's portable, it's in your hand, you can take the app to a, a card show, scan a card you're looking for, and then make sure you don't, you, you know, you don't get cheated and you pay a fair market price for that card, right? Yeah, yeah, that's actually, I, I'm glad you brought up the, that use case. It's one that we are uh, going to be making, I think, much better in the coming weeks. We're going to add in the ability to scan, like uh, the ability to preview a card that you might not necessarily own. So if you've, I mean, you've used the app, Jeff, so you know, typically, you know, in collects, you scan a card and then you add it to your collection. But if you're at a show, you're scanning somebody else's cards, or tip probably. Um, you're, you're looking at a card on the table and you want to just quickly get the price, figure out, see the comps, maybe show the, the person selling the card, you know, this is what I think it's worth based on these comps. Um, so we're going to make that a whole heck of a lot easier. Um, and uh, basically, when you scan, you'll be able just to take a picture of the front of the card, instantly get the price, and go straight into the in the pricing details. So even if you don't add that card to your collection, you know um, it'll it'll be a great uh, experience. I think for like a card store or a card show. Um, we've been to a few card shows lately, and that just seems like something that a, a, a ton of collectors would would love to have. How far back is the comps go? Does it because I know it goes like the last 10, 10 or so that, that I recall. Does it does it go even further back than that? Yeah, we 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 should, we have um, historical pricing going back several years. Um, I think we have some prices over a decade old. Um, those aren't really used in calculating the current averages, um, but we do preserve them all on the app and display them. Um, so so you can go through and scroll through, um, you know, and see how a card has performed over time. Uh, and we may, you know, the historical pricing, I think we may be able to use that in the future in, in, in better estimating future values of cards, um, looking at trends and, and such. Um, but yeah, we pull, we pull from eBay and, and a bunch of other auction sites and yeah, the pricing goes back uh, over 10 years. Well, now you've been to a couple of shows. Has the feedback from collectors been very positive? Yeah, at the shows, it's it's been great. I mean, definitely, you know, a lot of people are excited to discover the app and start using it. The other thing that's been fascinating about shows is hearing from uh, from stores and um, you know, hearing some of the challenges that they encounter local card stores. So we we worked with one. We're based in in New Jersey, right outside Philadelphia. There's one uh, card store near us called Santiago's that has been you know very generous with their um, you know, giving an insight into their business. And we think there's a huge opportunity to help use the same technology, this image recognition, visual search for cards to be able to streamline their operations in the store, um, both helping them to inventory their cards, but also helping when somebody comes into the store and goes through the uh, the bargain bins, 
rather than a store associate having to look up each individual card to figure out what they're going to sell it for, actually just using using basically a version of our software um, right near the point of sale, scanning a whole bunch of cards, adding them right to the checkout. Um, so we're, we're pretty excited about that as well and uh, really eager to talk to more stores. So if any any uh, store owners or local card stores are, are on this uh, podcast, you know, I'd encourage you to reach out to me, Ted, at clax.app. Um, we'd love to talk and, and show you what, we, what we've been working on there. We're talking with Ted Mann. Ted is uh, co-founder and uh, CEO of a great app. It's called Collect, C-O-L-L-X. It's C-O-L-L-X dot app. It's available on the iPhone store and the App Store and also on Google Play. It is free. It is free to use. It is a fun app. It is an easy app, which I, which I really love, Ted. I mean, it really, literally, it takes you, what, 10 seconds to scan the front and the back of a, a card and it goes right into your collection and it keeps track of your your whole collection so it, is there a size uh, limit for the user of, of how many cards that they can scan no right now we don't have any size limit um the uh, uh like i said the, the, the typical collector scanning in um 30 to 40 cards we have a bunch of collectors that have scanned in hundreds we have quite a few that have scanned in in, in the you know thousands um which is which is really cool and you know we even have one collector that's gotten up to seventy thousand. so um that's uh that's the biggest so far um but right now no we don't have any size limits um or restrictions on on any of that i know you've been to shows uh, do you have any shows coming up uh, are you going to the philly show will you be at the national are you coming up to the greg altman show in wilmington do you have a bunch of shows that you're going to be attending we are going to be at the philly show and the national um, and we may be adding some more shows to our, uh, our agenda. There's a South Jersey show in April, uh, which is right in our backyard. So we're going to be there for sure. Um, and, uh, but the Philly shows in, I think a week and a half. March, right? like yeah. It's, it's right around the corner. Um, so we're, we're going to be there, there too. We're really excited about that. And, uh, we're planning to be at the national, um, still, still actually trying to figure out exactly where we're going to be in there, but we're <laughs> determined to be there. Um, right. so we'll, we'll find a way. Well, you know, you mentioned, you know, you're, you're always kind of, you always have updates. So that's a software game, right? You're, you're always improving it. What are some of the things that you, you hope to add in the next, you know, six to 12 months? And when, when I talk to you next year, what is this going to app? This is the app going to look a lot uh, similar to like it is right now, or is it just going to be, you, you know, uh, Oh man, you, you know, on steroids, you know, you know, you know what collects on steroids. I'm sure it will evolve quite a bit. Uh, the short term, we're going to be adding that activity feed I mentioned. We'll be adding the marketplace in the uh, you know the mid mid spring. Um, so you'll you'll see those features pretty soon. You'll also see, as I mentioned, that the the kind of the updated camera experience where you can get the comps right in the camera. Um, that'll also be coming in a few weeks. Um, you know, looking ahead, we we just added hockey and soccer. We're going to continue adding additional sports. Uh, including wrestling, um, I know nice. there's a bunch of wrestling fans um, that are excited about that. We'll also add, we, we, we anticipate adding uh, trading card games pretty soon, like Pokemon, Magic, Yu-Gi-Oh, um, as well as uh, eventually expanding into other collectibles, right? So we'd like to support uh, all manner of collectibles, really, but probably we'll start with comic books um, and expecting that we'll have that live sometime uh, this summer. So, um, yeah, I mean, we, we ultimately envision this being an app that is, is, is obviously we want to be the best at, at trading cards, but we do want it to eventually expand into, you know, whatever you collect, you know, giving you a way to store it. 
Um, and, uh, you know, I think, I think probably most critically in the coming weeks, just you'll see the visual search will continue to improve. We'll get better and better at modern cards and have more and more pricing data. We're importing several million prices a week. So that's, that's going to dramatically improve the accuracy of our average prices and, and, and card estimates. Um, so definitely look for that. I don't know. A, a year feels like a really far, far way out. I feel like I gave you like a picture of like into like couple months from now i don't well, know okay. that i can go full year out <laughs> now from from just from a computer geek standpoint uh, you know is it kind of like facial recognition in terms of how the the, the app works it, it scans a card and sees whatever points on a card and says oh i that matches something in my database and, and that's how it, it finds the card yeah i mean that that's a good way of thinking about it it's um uh, you, you know we, we we need reference images of the card so we need to have like a uh, an image of each individual card. Um, and the modern cards, like we talked about, that's one of the challenges there is just getting images of all of those. Cause some of them are, are really like, you know, low number cards, right? There's only like one of five, right? So getting a picture of that, if it's even ever been listed on eBay, you know, just being able to, 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 to grab that or, or find it is, is, is challenging. Um, uh, but, it, but we do look for, for a reference image match. We extract the deep features of the card image and, try to uh, you know, basically match it to the most visually similar thing. Um, we built a model that's pretty tolerant, even if the card's in a top loader or slab or a penny sleeve or, or there's some reflection, you know, it should still work. Um, it does, it does. Cause I've scanned all my cards in, in, from top loader so far and it, I've had, I haven't had any problem really. Yeah, so that's great. That's great to hear. Um, so we, we, you know, we tried to be, make it pretty tolerant of that. And it's uh, like I said, it's, it's just getting going to keep getting better and better um, over time. Um, you know, I've, I've worked on a bunch of these computer vision companies. My first one was coupon app. Then we did a company that did fashion recognition and spare parts. And the, the most important thing is just giving the system enough time to kind of incorporate user generated images. So the images that you're taking into the system. So it gets smarter and better and faster at recognizing those things going forward. So um, with every new image you take, you know, it's, you're just helping the, the system get better for everyone else. Right. So it's not a bunch of, I, have, I picture a bunch of Oompa Loompas scanning, scanning cards all day into a database <laughs> and, and that builds your database, but it's really uh, all the collectors are helping build your database as well, as well as uh, you, you're importing uh, images of, of, of cards into a database, correct? Yeah, in a, in a sense, we're all Oompa Loompas, I guess. Right. <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> uh, myself included. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's uh, you know, uh, every time somebody scans in a card, like especially if you, if you got a card that didn't match, if you go and you, um, like if you got like a, a parallel didn't detect and you, you'll, you'll typically see it as one of the variants available. So if you go and select that and it adds that image to our system, the next time, hopefully we, 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 we are able to automatically match that. Um, yeah, so the newer that. cards are a little more difficult and, you know, I, it was like, I, I had a Zion Williamson Panini Select card, those from last year, I think. Somebody had sent it to me and I just wanted to scan it to see what it was worth because I got it for nothing. And it took forever just because you had to find the select and the, you know, what are the, the version yeah, of the yeah. select and the, you know, because the the numbering, their numbering system isn't the best because there's, there's 20 number 30 Zion Williamson cards, you know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> here. And, it, and unless really you know the exact name of that parallel, it's, I mean, it's it, it, even, you know, on any other site, it's really hard 
fighting. No, no, I'm not faulting you guys. I'm just saying it, it, yeah. the the modern card is a little more difficult, I think, than yeah. than the, the vintage cards. Uh, you know, you know, a 1982 tops. Uh, Nolan Ryan is the only Nolan Ryan with that number. You know, there's not 12 different parallels out there. So, as a creator, that must be hard to for you to manage. Yeah, I mean, it, it, there are a lot of cards, especially in the modern era. There's the 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 explosion of the parallel variants definitely presents an interesting challenge. But I think we're I think we're we're we're, we're making good headway on on cracking it and being able to get good good modern card support as well. Um, well, Ted, why don't you let people know where they can find you guys on social media, how they can download the app, and if they have any uh, questions or feedback for you, how they can reach out and contact you. Yeah, so the, the name of the app again is Collects, C-O-L-L-X, um, like one who collects. Um, and we are uh, available on the App Store and Google Play and are on social media, as we talked about, TikTok is, uh, I guess. Our, our you guys have great TikTok. I love your TikTok. Un unintentionally, uh, the, our best social media channel. We're also on Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, YouTube. Um, and, uh, you know, if, if anybody wants to reach, uh, reach out to me, my email is Ted, T-E-D, at C-O-L-L-X dot A-P-P. And uh, hope you go download the app and let us know what you think. Let us know what, just like you did, Jeff, what, what, what features you'd like to see going forward. We're, uh, we're eager to hear from our users. Have you gotten any support from any of the manufacturers from Tops or Panini in, in uh, helping with the database at all? No, it's uh, getting getting images of cards from the manufacturers has been uh, at, at least so far a non-starter. So, um, so we've had to come up with other ways to to find the images. Yeah, sometimes it can be frustrating working with them, and <laughs> it'll be interesting. Well, I, ironically, they don't. I don't even think they have easy methods to be able to hand off the images themselves. They don't. They don't. Uh, unlike Pokemon, for example, I don't think they have a, a great digital asset management library. Um, so it's, uh, you know, maybe that will change in the, in the fanatics era, but, um, but so far, yeah, we haven't been able to get any images directly from it. All right. Well, I, Ted, I wish you luck. Hopefully I'll see you at one. I'll definitely see you at the national, but maybe you can get up to Wilmington to the, uh, the Rich Altman show in April. Um, but, uh, you know, I look forward to few more success to you guys. It's a great app. Check it out. It's called collects.app, C-O-L-L-X. Dot app and that's where you can find it and it's available in your app store it's available for, on google play it is a fun fun app to use and uh it, it it's it's a rabbit hole once you start getting involved in it you're not going to want to put it down because <laughs> that's what i find <laughs> ted again i wish you luck and i thank you for your time thanks so much jeff well that was really interesting to learn about collects.app and, and we thank ted man for joining the the show. Um, next up is Making the Grade. Making the Grade is brought to you by Diamond Service Grading. Fast, accurate, transparent. Diamond Service Grading takes the mystery out of grading. They proudly have the best encapsulation in the industry with an amazing inner sleeve that not only protects your collectible investment, but looks great as well. Easy to submit, quick turnaround. DSG Grading is ready to grade your cards today. Visit dsggrading.com to learn more. Well, making the grade is a summary of what's been going on in the grading community. And one really big uh, news this week, right, Drew, we had uh, PSA. You want to want to tell people about PSA and, and, and their uh, new announcement? Yeah, it looks like they've got some major expansion going on. They just bought a new office space in Jersey City, New Jersey. 130,000 square feet of space. They're going to be having that up and running in 2023. 
And I think that's really great. I mean, you're going to have now PSA having a presence on both the West Coast and the East Coast. You know, they got uh, kind of behind on all the grading here this past year, but they're getting caught up on that lately. Maybe that'll help to have, you know, more people in there getting more grading done and just, you know, keep on cranking them out and staying on top of things. So definitely good to see their PSA with that uh, major expansion. Yeah, it looks like a great uh, location for them and bringing them to the East Coast, I think, will help in turnaround time for some some of the our East Coast collectors like, like myself. Um, so that that's very good for the hobby. Anytime we can get more graded cards out into the the wild it's great so congratulations on psa on uh making that and, and adding a new facility just want to remind everyone about our friends at diamond service grading that's dsg grading they're a great friend to the show and, and a sponsor uh they have offering exclusive to all ttm cast listeners a five dollar coupon code on any and all cards to get graded. So the standard submission is $30. So it's only gonna cost you $25 per card. I know PSA, even some of their their uh, sale ones are like $50 and they run about $100 normally. So for $25 to get a card graded, uh, use the coupon code 4HMUGTZG. Once again, it's 4HMUGTZG. Don't worry if you didn't write it down. So the code's available on our website. Uh, DSG grading, diamond service grading. It's really cool. You have, they have a QR code on the label. You scan the label and it gives you details, complete details of why your card got the grade it got. Uh, they have cool new uh, era labels. So the, it's, a, it's a great company. They are meeting a 30-day uh, turnaround deadline and uh, they've been very busy. We're going to have a president of Diamond Service Grading on in a couple of weeks. Michael Clark, we're going to learn uh, what's going on with them. But check it out, Diamond Service Grading, dsggrading.com. Use the coupon code 4HMUGTZG. Next up is our TTM Cast stamp of approval. I bet you're wondering who earned this week's TTM Cast stamp of approval. So I'm going to, I'll take the sample approval first this week, and then you can do yours because yours is more, more important. Mine's a little, a little more fun. Yours is a little more uh, pressing and, and important, but mine is, um, I just watched this really cool uh, four-part documentary on HBO. It's available on HBO Max and it's still available on HBO as well. It's called The Lady in the Dale. And it's a really interesting story about this uh, transgender person who um, was kind of a, a, a scoundrel and, and was uh, got involved in, in uh, con- counterfeiting and kind of uh, trans transformed from a uh, man to into a woman and she, he uh, he was transgender she was transgender and uh, started this car company back in, in California in the early early to mid seventies. And um, they were developing this three-wheel car that got 70 miles to the gallon. And it's all about her uh, fighting the the big three and trying to get this car up and running and how it came about. And it's really it's really an interesting, true story. So uh, check it out. It's called Lady in the Dale. The, the, the cars was the name was Dale. And uh, it's really an interesting, uh, fun story. It's a little long. It's, four, it's a four-parter. But um, it, it because it's a true story, it's really interesting, and it follows this um, this man, lady, this transgender person's life from um, you know, a teenager all the way to when, when she finally ultimately passed, and, and uh, it's really interesting. So check it out. It's on HBO, HBO Max, Lady in the Dale. It's a four part documentary. Drew, what's your uh, sample approval this week? 
All right, gonna get serious here for a moment. Mine is for the people of Ukraine after all the crap they are dealing with right now with the uh, invasion from Russia. I've actually got a friend from my floorball days uh, back when I used to play who is from Ukraine. I believe he's back there now. He's from Lviv, which is fortunately, it's in the Western part. So they're not getting it quite as much as the Far East and Crimea and even close to the capital of Kiev there. But the people are really fighting back a lot. And also, I mean, I have to give a salute as well to the people in Russia who are standing up and protesting against it, no matter what it's, uh, I mean, no matter what the cost might be. Vladimir Putin is, of course, I mean, been this total dictator of for the last, uh, the whole time that he's been running things there in Russia. Definitely tries to do anything he can to stifle dissent. And fortunately, of what I've heard, there are a lot of people in Russia who are not among the elite that are really standing up and saying, no, we will not stand for this. Um, the whole story of the ghost of Kiev, I hope that's a true story. I hope that is the, uh, for anyone who doesn't know about it, there's a story that there is this, uh, fighter pilot flying this MiG-29 who has shot down something like six Russian aircraft. And they said they have confirmed that, yeah, there have been six Russian aircraft shot down. However, they haven't been able to confirm that it was all by one person. But, oh, I want to believe that it's just one person there. Because that's, uh, that's a little flashback there to the uh, famous winter war between the Finns and the Soviets in 1939. And uh, this guy who's known as the White Death, Simo Haiha, was a sniper for Finland. And this war that uh, happened between the Finns and the Soviets lasted only about 100 days, but he had over 200 confirmed kills and possibly as many as 500 during that time. So it's like, hey, a little bit of a flashback there to that guy. So uh, just uh, keeping Ukraine in my thoughts and hoping that everything pans out all right for them, that they're able to stand up and fight this back. And it sounds like things are they're holding on. And I guess the president said the next 24 hours are going to be very crucial as to what happens. So uh, hoping everything is able to pull through there. And uh, I think the world's as a whole, stands with Ukraine right now. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we understand that we're in the toy aisle of life here, right? We're, we're talking about fun stuff, cards and collecting. And, um, you know, we, under, we understand that the, the, we're in dire times. And, you know, it's, it's important to uh, keep abreast of what's going on. But, uh, you know, we, we, we do this for fun and we want to make sure everyone is having a good time. But every once in a while, um, you know, life rears its ugly head, right? So we, we're, yeah. we, we're we're supporting the, the people of Ukraine, like like everyone else, and, and our soldiers. And uh, hopefully, this comes to a, a peaceful end, a, a quick and, and and timely end, so we 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 can move on and and worry about if the stupid baseball players are going to start playing again. Exactly. <laughs> Not deal with, with with some serious issues, but uh, that Drew, thank you very much. That was our uh, TTM cast stamp for approval for the week. Next Next up is our Vern Rap Minute. Vern Rap Minute is dedicated to Mr. Vern Rap. I had sent out a TTM request to him uh, prior. Uh, he had died, died prior way before I, uh, I had sent out the, the request. I always mix that up, Drew. I don't know why. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we do this as a, as a, uh, a, a tribute to Mr. Vern Rapp and, and a, uh, a service to our fellow TTMers. So we lost uh, 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 someone in baseball, someone in uh, uh, movies. We lost a football player and actually two Hall of Famers, a football player and a yeah. Hall of Fame hockey player th this week. So we lost Julio Cruz. Julio Cruz was uh, an original Seattle Mariner. He also played for the Chicago White Sox. 
played six seasons with Seattle, three with Chicago from 1977 to 1986. He was the second baseman, utility outfielder type guy. Uh, a lot of speed. I think he stole over 50 bases one year. He's a great TTMer. I, I, I got him on my, from my 1978 set. He was a broadcaster for the Mariners as well. Uh, and um, he was 67 years old. Uh, over in the uh, world of entertainment, Sally Kellerman, age 84, died. She was uh, in Back to School and, of course, in the MASH movie. She played uh, the role of Hot Lips Houlihan as well. So, uh, like I said, 84 for her. I'm not sure if she was a TTMer or not, but, yeah, sorry to hear about that loss as well. Yeah, we lost a Hall of Fame wide receiver, uh, Charlie Taylor. Uh, just learning a little more about Charlie Taylor. When he retired in, in 1977, he uh, had the record for the most yardage by a receiver, which was pretty impressive at the time. Obviously, Jerry Rice and some of the other guys have passed him uh, since then. But uh, Charlie played for the Washington Redskins. And we'll say it again, the Washington Redskins from 1964 to 1977. He was an eight-time Pro Bowler. He was elected to the Hall of, uh, Football Hall of Fame, the Pro Football Hall of Fame, uh, in 1984. Um, he was uh, kind of on and off in terms of uh, TTMing. Uh, recently, he had not been signing, and, and Charlie was 80 years old. Uh, Emil the Cat Francis uh, also passed away this week. He was a Hockey Hall of Famer in the class of 1982, played as a goalie for the New York Rangers back in 1947 to 52. Really had his calling, though, as a coach and GM. He led the Rangers for quite a while after that in both of those two roles. Um, 95 years old, was a uh, great TTMer for a long time, kind of cut it back a bit in the last few years there. But uh, yeah, it was always a friend of the hobby there throughout the, uh, probably well up until about maybe the early 2010s or so, at least well into the 2000s. Yeah, and, and he was, a he built all those those great Ranger teams that just didn't get over the hump. You know, the Brad Park and Jean Rattel and those those teams and, and uh, you know, uh, Rod Gilbert and some of those, those great ranger teams and they were great teams they they just couldn't they just couldn't get over the hump you know they couldn't beat the bruins or they they couldn't beat uh the flyers or, or and then ultimately the islanders but they were um he he, he was uh he, he was a very uh, great gm and a great coach and and we're sorry sorry for their loss well that wraps up uh, the run rap minute of the week we our condolences go out to friends and family and uh we are sorry for your loss Next up, we're going to talk TTM returns. This week's TTM returns are brought to you by Sports Card Forum. Find players' addresses, see who's signing, and more, all for free. SportsCardForum.com, the ultimate in sports card trading and discussion. So, before we start getting into returns, let's run down a list of some guys that have been signing this week. We, we, you know, we love TTM, and we like the people know who's been signing and getting returns. So, why don't, why don't we talk a little, a few guys? that maybe we didn't get returns from, but that we saw our, our signing. Yeah, several uh, several Hall of Famers on the list here this week. Three of them right off the top of the right off the top of the list here. Raleigh Fingers, of course, in the Baseball Hall of Fame. He's been signing for about $20 or so per item here lately. On the basketball side, you've got Dave Bing, who I believe was also a mayor of Detroit at one point as well. He is $10 per item. And Tony Dorsett, Football Hall of Famer, Heisman winner. He's running $10 per item as well. Got a one non-Hall of Famer, though, non-Hall of Famer, but a guy who's been around the game forever in uh, Cookie Rojas, player back in the 60s and 70s. He was coaching well into the 1990s, maybe even into the 2000s or so. He's uh, started signing again. It looks like about $10 per item on him. 
Yeah, Cookie played for the Royals and the Phillies. I, I should say the Phillies and then the Royals, and he was with the Royals forever, forever. And I just was I was a big fan of his. A couple other guys that are signing that, that are signing for free. Uh, Nineteen sixty-seven Cy Young Award winner Jim Lomborg has been a great T Tamer, and we've had him on the show. Ken Anderson, former quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals, another great T Tamer. He signs. He's been signing recently. Um, Otis Sistrunk, who played for the Oakland Raiders. I. I just saw him. Uh, he signed. He's been signing. So I'm actually going to send one out to him. I don't have him, and he's uh, he, he played for the Raiders in, in the '80s. Uh, Elroy Face. Roy Face was a uh, great pitcher for the Pittsburgh Pirates in the '60s, and he's a, a great T-Timmer as well. He's signing. Uh, Steve Alford and uh, Danny Ferry from uh, NBA fame and college basketball fame. They are they are both signing as well. So there is a lot of guys signing. Get your. Uh, TTM requests out there because uh, there's no excuse. Just right, find a little time, right, Drew? Write a few, yep. few uh, um, notes out to these guys and send your cards out, and, and you can add to your collection. And speaking of returns, I've had uh, probably one of my best weeks in a long time, and Drew's had a pretty good week as well. Drew, you want to run down yours first? Yeah, mine's uh, definitely shorter than your list here, but still pretty darn good. I got a. Uh... I mentioned last week that I was expecting to get Anthony Munoz and Adrian Dantley and Quinn Priester back on uh, Saturday the 19th. Got all three of those back. And also one that didn't show up on my informed delivery was Sarah Spain, who is uh, she works with ESPN as a broadcaster. And she is in, I believe, it's the 2021 Alan Ginter set. They've got a card of her in there. So I got a couple of those signs. She wrote a short note back as well. Uh, on the 22nd, got Joe Theismann in. He's been running $5 per item and a uh, pretty quick turnaround there. With him, I mailed to an address in Virginia. I came back postmarked from Tennessee. So I think he maybe I think I know he's got like three different places that he lives at various times of the year. So it may just have all his mail getting forwarded right there right now. Uh, on the 25th yesterday, I got uh, Ryan Villade in. He is a prospect in the Rockies organization. He actually lives just up the road in uh, Frisco, Texas here, not too far from me where I'm always going to see minor league games. But uh, he is part of he works with a charity that helps uh Disabled kids, um, any kind of, uh, um, I think what the right, what the best term there would be, any kind of developmentally disabled kids and everything for uh, getting them involved in baseball and in any kind of sports, getting them equipment and time on fields and everything. He's heavily involved in that. And he'll sign uh, your cards for, I believe, like $5 is all goes toward, uh, toward that organization. And I've got one that's coming up today. According to my informed delivery, should have Hall of Fame goalie. Speaking of former Rangers, like we just did a moment ago with uh, Emil Francis, Eddie Jacquemin should be coming into my uh, inbox here today from what I'm seeing. Nice. Mailed what did you send of, off to Eddie? I just had a card. I think it was like a 71, 72, somewhere around there. It's the one that has the brown borders on it. Yep. Whichever year that one is. So I sent off that one and hopefully should have that coming back. Uh, mailed out a few as well. I just got in on a, a private signing with Cecil Fielder. Sent off to Jared Oliva and James McCann, who are in the 2021 Heritage sets. Had to get those ones signed. Football side is sent to Rocky Blair and uh, Refrigerator Perry. And I've got a few that are going out today, including former New York Jets defensive lineman Marty Lyons, um, a few more recent guys in baseball, including Niger Morgan and Chad Curtis, a couple guys that are currently active in baseball in uh, Corbin Burns and Nikki Lopez. And two that I'm going to be going, that are going to be going out once my cards arrive that I bought for them. I've got a Jerry Kuzman and a Trevor Rogers should be heading out here soon as well. Very cool. So I got, I got a ton of returns this week. Uh, We'll just run run down quickly because I got a real I got a lot. So I got Dennis Eckersley on a 19 is 1976 tops card in 1978. 
Topps card, very, uh, very cool to get that back. It only took two weeks, which I was very surprised. I sent out ten dollars and uh, and got both those back from the act. It was postmarked out of uh, Oakland, but I had sent to his Massachusetts address. But I'm thrilled to, to add both those cards to my collection. I got a return back from Billy Williams. He did not sign it, unfortunately, but I did get my card back and my money back. So. Um, it just it just came back. Maybe Billy's not signing anymore. I know he had stopped signing because his wife was ill. And then I thought he was back signing again, but I, I could have been wrong. Um, so I got Billy Williams back, but it was not signed. Uh, I got a bunch of basketball guys back. Uh, I, I'm kind of I, I have um, the 70. I have a tons of 1978 and 1980 tops basketball cards, tons of doubles that had just been sitting there. So I, I, I've been starting to send those out. And I also have the 74 set and I had a lot of doubles from that set as well. So I sent out uh, Elmore Smith who played for the Los Angeles Lakers and the Cleveland Cavaliers. And I got Elmore uh, sent, signed a 74 card for me and a 79 card uh, as well. And uh, all these uh, took about two weeks to return, which is pretty cool. Then I got uh, Alvin Adams, who played for the uh, Phoenix Suns on the 78 and and 80 card. I got Robert Reed, who played from the 78 and 80 card. I got um, Kenny Carr, who played for the Cleveland uh, Cavaliers on his 78 and 80 card. Those were all kind of cool. I got Steve Hawks, who played for the Atlanta uh, Hawks. Uh, No but he, he it's Steve Hawes, sorry, uh, on a 78 card. I got Billy Paltz from the um, San Antonio Spurs on a 78 card. I got Louis Dampier, who was a Hall of Famer on a, his 74 card. Uh, and all those, all these cards that I've been sending out are with no donations. Uh, the only one I sent out a donation to was, was Dennis Eckersley. Then I got a couple of former um, New England Patriots as well. I got Reggie Rucker on his 73 and 74 tops cards. Uh, Don Webb on his 64 and 66 tops cards. And Don uh, Don Oaks on his 64 and 66 tops cards. So those are pretty good. I'm a big Patriots fan. It's nice to fill in some of the older Patriots. And then one surprise, surprise I got. This one was out for over three years. Uh, Johnny Damon, former uh, Boston Red Sox outfielder, who played for the Oakland A's and the Kansas City Royals. And uh, I totally had forgot uh, the card. I had to go back in my records to see when I sent this out. And it's uh, over three and a half years. So Drew and I were talking, I think last week, actually, Drew, right, about yeah. the uh, Warwick Dunn card that the guy got back after 21 years or whatever it was. But th- I think this is my longest return to Johnny Damon and. um he, he signed it great, uh, a great signature. So uh, lots of returns. I know, I think I have uh, three or four more returns coming in today as well because we didn't have any mail yesterday because we got a foot of snow. Oh, so uh, <laughs> I think I have three or four more returns coming back. So I, I've got, uh, I know, four or five that I'm going to send out this week. And I've been trying to do 10 a week for the past couple of weeks, and, and I've been doing that and more. So uh, trying to catch up. I don't know, Drew, if you've run into a problem where – um, you know, I have a lot of these, a lot of the guys that, that I, uh, that are signing so that when I see somebody that has been signing that I don't have, I try to jump on that as well. But I, you know, I've been going through a lot of my doubles and trying to pick out some of the guys that I, I think, you know, I check in, uh, on sportscollectors.net and see, see if they're signing. And I've taken some shots like Louis Dampier. I wasn't sure if he was, I was going to get him. Eckersley was kind of a, a, a maybe, right. You don't know if you're going to get him and, some of these older Patriots, these guys are old, so I didn't I didn't know if I was going to get them. But it, it's kind of nice when you when you get so many returns. I, I love getting the mail. 
Yeah, it definitely is. And I mean, I'm doing the same thing there. I just went through on uh, the 2021 Heritage set on uh, SCN just to see, you know, okay, who's signing out of these guys? Who's gotten returns this calendar year? And so that's how, you know, I'm able to send out like Oliva and McCann, Taylor Jones, Shane Green, Corbin Burns, Nikki Lopez. It's like, you know what? They signed here in the last couple of months. I might as well give them a shot here and see what happens there. Uh, going back to, uh, you mentioned Billy Williams there and sending back unsigned, but sending your money back. He's been kind of hit or miss for a while. There's times where he'll go through a stretch of signing everything and then a couple months of absolutely nothing. It might be worth trying him again there in a couple months and everything just to see if it happens. Because of what I could tell, there really was no rhyme or reason as to when he, when and why he would start and stop and everything for a while there. And that honestly is what's kept me from ever sending to him at all, which kind of sucks because I need him on like four different cards right now. But no, I know. Yeah, it's worth, no, it's worth got trying back again. Is- I got George Gervin back. He returned it, not signed. And I think I sent him $20 with two cards. Uh, and I got the cards back and the money, but it, no note or anything. Sometimes, you know, I don't know if he, he just got inundated with a lot of requests. Because I know at one time he was signing a lot. And then, uh, I, you know, I, I was surprised to get that one back. I, th- I thought he was going to sign. Yeah, you never know sometimes with some of these guys. Some will just, you know, some go through patterns. Some just go through random streaks. Yeah, I can't explain it. All I can say is, you know, keep on trying there and just, you know, keep an eye out as to when these guys are signing and strike while the iron's hot. Yeah, I have an Orlando Cepeda card out there. I sent a 61 tops card out to Orlando Cepeda because I thought, you know, what we had reported that he was signing and I saw he was signing. And it's been out like two or three weeks now and I haven't gotten it back. So hopefully we'll get a return from him because, you know, he's an older gentleman and um, I'd like to add that to my collection. Yeah, definitely. Well, that wraps up returns. I, I I love when we get returns. So, you know, we went so long. We went well, like three or four weeks where we were just getting shut out every week. And, uh, you know, it's it's our fault. You got to you got to get them out. Right. You got to send them out to get returns. So um, keep you know, keep it up. Let us know if you guys get any cool returns. Drew and I always post our returns on Instagram and, and Twitter. So check that out. Um, that that wraps up returns. Like I said next we're going to go right into our TTM cast interview for the week. This week's interview is brought to you by Certified Sports Guarantee, csgcards.com for superior sports card certification and grading. This week I got interview Mike Ruzioni. Mike Ruzioni, of course, was captain of the 1980 hockey, U.S. Hockey Olympic gold medal winning team from uh, in Lake Placid. Um, he is an author. He he wrote a book called The Making of the Miracle. We talked to him about his book. We talked to him about his experience as a, an Olympian. We also talked to him about dealing with autographs and, and collecting it. And um, it, it's a really fun interview. So, uh, but first, here's a, a message from our friends at CSG. Go on the road with CSG in 2022. CSG will attend more than two dozen industry shows across the country this year. Save on shipping with your submissions. Meet with CSG representatives, get swag, and see the hobby's best holder in person. Expedited turnaround time will be offered at select shows. Check out the CSG events page now on csgcards.com. Joining the program is a kid from Winthrop, Massachusetts, who has made good. He was captain of the 1980 Winter Olympics gold medal U.S. hockey team and author of the best-selling book, Making of the Miracle. Welcome to the program, Mr. Mike Aruzioni. Good morning. How you doing? Fantastic. And thanks for joining us, Mike. 
Mike, it's been almost 42 years to the day since you guys captured the gold medal and won the gold medal and captured the heart of the country. Uh, does it make you a little nostalgic for your Olympic experience uh, this time of year? Yeah, somewhat because, you know, I mean, I've been dealing with for 42 years. I still do a lot of corporate meetings and speaking and get to play in nice golf tournaments because of what happened. So I kind of, it's always around me. But, you know, yesterday was the anniversary of the Soviet game. Tomorrow will be the Finland game. And I got a ton of phone calls yesterday, a ton of phone calls. I'm going to get tomorrow radio stations, uh, you know, want to talk about it. And, you know, I, I think part of the reason is we're, you know, it, it was a special moment, but, you know, we're dealing with so many negative things in this country right now. It's it's nice to talk in a feel-good story and something that people can, you know, sit back and listen to and have a, a smile on their face instead of a frown. Watching the opening ceremonies this year and watching the kids uh, walk in, I uh, thought of you guys coming in. Did you guys, uh, were, guys were you nervous coming in? Did you have pre-Olympic jitters uh, prior to the Games? No, no, because, you know, we played a game before the opening ceremonies. We tied Sweden 2-2. Two to two. Um, So, you know, we, are, we had already somewhat gotten our feet wet. So, you know, to march in was an incredible honor to, you know, to do it in your own country. Although, I tell the story, it was damn cold that day. After about an hour and a half of standing out there, I was like, all right, get me out of here. I'm freezing. You know, now, <laughs> now, it's, in, it, now it's indoors and it's a lot easier. But, unfortunately for the athletes, you know, that, the last Olympic Games, they didn't get the crowd. They didn't get the, you know, the enthusiasm that you get when you march in and see all the people in the stands from different backgrounds and different countries. So that's the unfortunate thing for them. But for us in 80, uh, like I said, we had already played a game and, you know, it was uh, opening ceremonies and then practice after that and get ready for the next game. We're speaking with Mike Ruzioni, captain of the 1980 U.S. Winter Olympic gold medal hockey team and best-selling author of The Making of the Miracle. I know you had a great Olympic experience, but did part of you uh, feel bad that you didn't get to go to another country for the Olympic Games, or were you glad that it was held in the U.S.? Oh, I was glad it was in the U.S. Uh, partly, you know, on the food you're eating, you're comfortable with, uh, speaking English wherever you went, uh, being comfortable in your own environment, I thought was huge. And I still think having the home crowd was incredible. And, you know, I always tell people that's where the USA, USA chants first started. Um, so when you stepped out on the ice, you had an advantage right away. And, you know, I've been, I've been to other Olympic Games. I've covered them as a broadcaster. So, you know, I was in Vancouver. I was in Lillehammer. I was in um, uh, Arbor, uh, Alberville, uh, Mirabel. I was in Los Angeles. So, um, you know, uh, Sarajevo. So I, I saw what it's like. And, it's beautiful, it's exciting, but there's nothing better than being in your own backyard. During the opening ceremonies, it was probably one of the last times in your life that you were anonymous. Uh, do you think of that as a crossroads in your life, and um, was it difficult for you to transform to becoming a public figure? Yeah, you kind of you kind of miss that. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no, nobody knows nobody knows who you are, other than you know, in my hometown or, or around you know Boston University where I played. So. All of a sudden, you you know you're on an airplane, you're walking through an airport, or you're at a restaurant, and somebody wants to take your picture, or somebody wants to you know talk about the Olympics, which is fine. Uh, you know, I always tell people we our team didn't do anything wrong. So when people come up to us and want to meet with us, they have a smile on the face and they got a story to tell about where they were and what it was like for them. And you know, if you saw the mail I get to this day from young kids, nine, ten, eleven years old, even younger, that have seen the movie Miracle. Um, and they, you know, want an autographed picture, or, or you know, I probably get about a hundred a month 
of you know hockey cards and things like that, that and pictures people want me to sign. So uh, kind of fun. Are you amazed that after 42 years, there's still interest of what you guys did in 1980 at the Winter Olympics and that people are still very much interested in hearing uh, from you and, and uh, hearing more about the accomplishments? I talked to my agent the other day, and I'm so busy in the next month or two with speaking engagements and traveling, and uh, 42 years later, it's still, you know, it's still out there for me. And, I, you know, to be honest, I think I do a good job at what I do. I mean, I, I wouldn't be speaking at sales meetings 42 years later if I didn't have a good message or something good to talk about. So it relates. Uh, companies want to bring their teams together. Um, young kids want to hear good stories. Uh and and uh, like I said to you earlier, our story is a great story. Um, I think uh, it brings a smile to people's faces. And, you know, the, like I said, the mail I get, the movie Miracle came out. That created a whole new audience. Uh, I go to a youth hockey game and watch my grandkids play, and people want to – young kids want to take my picture, and I'm like, you don't even know who I am, but they've seen the movie Miracle. <laughs> Why did you decide to write the book, The Making of the Miracle, so many years after capturing the gold medal? Yeah, I never wanted to write a book. Uh, somebody they, They've approached me a few times over the years, and I'm like, I don't need, you know, you got to go to book signings, then you got to travel and do that. But I, I decided to write it, and I say it in the book for one reason only. Uh, I have six grandkids right now, hopefully more to come, and I want their grandkids to know that Papa's life wasn't one game or one goal or one moment. I, I wanted them to know how I grew up, um, my family, my, my friends. Uh, I want them to know about their great-grandmother and their great-grandfather, and how important they were in my life. And, and even though they're not around me, I want them to remember the memories of them and what they were like as people and as, and as parents. So uh, I told Harper Collins when I wrote the book along with Neil Baudet, I said, I don't care if anybody buys the book. I said, I just want my grandkids to know that, you know, my life Al Michaels coined like. the phrase, do you believe in miracles? Do you think what you guys did was uh, making a miracle? It was miraculous? No, you know, miracles happen... Uh, I don't know if you saw a helicopter crash the other day in the ocean in Florida and uh, two guys went over and saved the three people in, 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 in the helicopter. You know, those are miracles. Doctors and nurses, what they do every day to save lives, those are miracles. It was a hockey game. Um, you know, it's a catchy phrase. I always kid Al about it all the time. I played golf with Al over the years, and we play in a celebrity tournament, and we're, we're, you know, we're in Lake Tahoe, and we're walking up the first fairway, and we, like, count how long before somebody's going to say, do you believe in miracles? And not a minute later, somebody will yell out as we're walking down the fairway. So uh, it was a great line. I still think his line at the end of the Olympics when we beat Finland was, this impossible dream comes true. Uh, I thought that was a great line that got kind of lost in the, do you believe in miracles line? Well, you know, as a kid from Boston, an impossible dream means something else, right? So it's kind of glad that you guys kind of captured right. that, that phrase, no? <laughs> I hear you. You were a pretty good hockey player in your day. You were a minor league rookie of the year, a 30-goal scorer. Was it a difficult decision for you to not go professional? No, not really. It was peace of mind for me. Um, I almost signed. Uh, well, they had the Rangers, the uh, Buffalo Sabres, and Minnesota wanted to sign me. Um, and then I thought about maybe going to Italy and just kind of enjoying. You know, if I was 21 or 20 at the time, I probably would have signed. Uh, I think if somebody offered me ten million, I'm not stupid. I would have signed. <laughs> it wasn't a lot of money. It wasn't a lot of hockey money in hockey then. But uh, I've always felt there's no. There's, I I definitely could have played in the National Hockey League, but I would have been probably an average player. I probably would have played anywhere from three to five years. 
Uh, I think I would have been a good teammate. And maybe I would have played longer. Who knows? But, you know, I, I'd have been a good teammate. I think I'd have been a, been a good person in the community, a uh, good guy in the locker room, you know, important things that you bring to the table other than hockey skills. But at 25, uh, I decided it was time to move on, and I was going to coach and teach. I was a phys ed major at Boston University, and I was thinking of coaching at BU with Jack Parker. And then all of a sudden, phone calls came to do this and that, and they get in the TV, and I went, this this is kind of fun. Let's do this. And 42 years later, I'm still doing that, although I, I have been working at Boston University for 28 years, uh, kind of as an ambassador role in some ways. And uh, I did coach a couple of years with Jack as a volunteer assistant, so that was that was kind of fun. And I... I help out still at Winthrop High School with our hockey team. Uh, it's fun to go on the ice with the kids, and and I skate with my grandkids now. So that's that's about my hockey career. Well, uh, speaking of skating, we had, we watched the the Winter Olympics, and uh, one sport I'm going to ask you about is curling. Do you think you could get on the ice and do curling? <laughs> I've curled. I've done curling. I go to Lake Placid every few years. They have these fantasy uh, Olympic camps, and they bring Olympians into partake uh, with these other people who pay the money or companies that go there and have the winter experience. So I've done curling. Uh, that could be maybe if I ever at 67, if there was a comeback in sport for me, it would probably only be curling. Yeah, you know what? I think that's why it's so popular because you watch it and you're like, anybody can do that, right? It, it's yeah, like, well, uh, I don't know what any, it, 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 it's, <laughs> it's still pretty impressive what they do, but it's it's a sport you can go out and, it's like shuffleboard when you go to the bar, you know, you have a few beers and you, and you throw those rocks. That's kind of fun. Uh, was, it difficult? was it difficult for you to um, transform from being a, a private citizen to a public figure? I know we, we talked about it a little earlier, not, but was, was yeah, that difficult for you? Not, not really. You know, I live in my hometown. My friends are my friends. My family's my family. Uh, I don't leave winter that often other than traveling, maybe going to Boston now and then. But, um, you know, I was very happy with who I was before the Olympics, so I never felt that an athletic event shouldn't change who you are. I mean, it changed a lot of things around me. Um, you know, clearly I, I, I travel a lot and uh, financially things have been good. I had some good jobs and take care of my three kids and paid for their educations. Um, so that's that's kind of in, that's kind of the blessing of, of winning. But, you know, I'm still married to the, the girl I dated through high school and, uh, you know, nothing's changed in me. Uh, Drives my wife nuts sometimes uh, that I'm I just yeah, I'm sure sit you... around and stay stay home and go to Florida once in a while. But like I said, I, I don't think an athletic event should change who you are. You mentioned autographs, and I know you get a lot of autograph requests. You've always been very generous about providing autograph requests to collectors. Is that something you did as a kid? Were you an autograph collector as a kid? I never I never met anybody to get an autograph when I was a kid. <laughs> We didn't have a television in my house till I was 12, so I really didn't know anything about sports unless my uncle had it on the radio upstairs. But, um, no, I, I don't, uh, you know, I get, when I'm going in my office now at BU, and there'll probably be 10 or 15 letters of cards or pictures people want me to sign, and I have no problem doing that. Uh, I, I, I don't charge for my signature unless unless I'm doing something with our team. You know, every once in a while our team does one of those, like, memorabilia shows, and, you know, the guys all show up and we sign uh, memorabilia. We sign jerseys. We sign, uh, you know, pictures, posters, whatever. But other than that, uh, I don't do shows. I don't, uh, you know, I don't do personal signings or anything like that. Have you, you know, you've I don't know. Maybe, some, maybe someday, maybe someday down the road. But right now, I, I have no interest in charging for my signature. 
You've been able to meet so many famous people since you uh, helped win the gold medal in 1980. Have you become an autograph collector as an adult? No, I don't get into it. One cardinal rule is you don't ask other athletes for their autograph, but I, I have gotten some signatures from my grandka- my grandsons. If you walked in there, in their, you know, they're, they're nine, eight, and seven. So there's a, you know, a Dan Jansen signed picture. There's a Mario Lemieux signed picture. Uh, I think Michael Jordan signed one. Charles Barkley, guys that I play golf with sometimes, and it's just for my grandkids. Um, but that that's about it. I don't I don't have any. Uh, signatures of, of people at, you know I, I at an auction i bought a tom brady thing once and at an auction i bought uh red sox when they won the world series poster signed by the team and i think i bought it at an auction um which which kills me because i'm not a bc guy but matty ryan um i signed I, uh, he's got a hockey jersey that i a football jersey that he signed i bought it at an auction but that's 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 about it I, i'm not a collector of things like that i got enough stuff in my house of my own that's what I was going to ask you. Do you still have any memorabilia from playing days? You know, do you still have your minor league jerseys? I don't. You know what? That's a great question. I don't know what my minor league jerseys were are. I I haven't looked in my closet in a while, but it's probably stuck in a box somewhere. Those might be cool to frame up. Yeah, I don't know. I, I can't put it in my house. My my wife's got enough <laughs> stuff hanging there. She she doesn't need anything more of me hanging in my house. Do you have the gold medal on display, or do you have it stuffed away in a safe deposit box someplace? No, I used to, I used to have it. I used to have it on display, and then found out it was uh, it was worth some good money. So I uh, I have it um, in a safety deposit box at the bank. We're speaking with Michael Ruzioni, captain of the 1980 U.S. Winter Olympic gold medal hockey team, and best-selling author of The Making of the Miracle. Do you have a memento that's special to you? Something that you got in your travels, or something that maybe that Herb Brooks gave you? Just, just, just a gold medal. Uh, I have a bunch of posters signed by the team. Uh, we did, we did a team signing once, just for all of us to have. I probably got about fifteen or twenty of them left. I saved those for very, very private uh, auction charity events. Uh, I have some signed by the whole team, when uh, unfortunately there's only eighteen of us left. Uh, so those are those are pretty valuable if you get all 20 signatures. So, uh, you know, I, I, I go to Mario Lemieux's event every year and I make sure he gets one for his auction. And there's, um, you know, some uh, some events in Boston that I've been a part of that I've donated uh, some of the signed stuff by the team. Um, I have a I have a lot of stuff signed by Herb Brooks and myself, uh, which is valuable in some ways. Obviously, Herb's not around anymore. So uh, I've got some special ones that I save for, you know, special causes. Uh, and special charities. You obviously had a very special relationship with Herb Brooks. What do you think he saw in you? Something maybe that you didn't even see in yourself? Um, I think he had great faith in me. Uh, I think he had trust in me, which I had in him. Uh, he was a lot like Jack Parker for me. You know, um, Jack Parker, if it wasn't for Jack Parker, I wouldn't be where I am today. So, uh, you know, they saw something in me that he liked and, and respected and uh, gave me the opportunity to play so I mean, you can't ask for anything more than that. You know, all you want is an opportunity, and I was given one, and when I got it, I did a good job with it, and that's why it's continued. As a coach and team builder, Herb Brooks really had a sense of putting people in places where they could really excel. Do you think that was one of his strengths? Yeah, I, I think so. I, I, you know, he was a brilliant, he was a great motivator, uh, and he was a brilliant coach. He was so creative. So, you know, he brought all those skills to the table that a coach has. A, 
like I said earlier, you respected him, you trusted him, you believed in what he was doing, and what, you know when when you have a coach like that, nothing but you usually nothing but good things are going to happen. Have you had a chance to talk to any of the Soviet players? Um, you know from from the Russian no. guys. Not at all. No, my te- some of my teammates played with them later, but they said to me they never even talked about the game. So, uh, like I said, I maybe someday I'll meet someone. Not a big <laughs> deal. They're not hanging around winter, if I know that. Is there something that people send to you or bring to you to sign that you really enjoy signing? Photos. I've seen everything. I've, I've signed baseballs. I've signed golf balls. I've signed uh, tickets. Uh, you name it, they send it. I sign it. Uh, um as long as I, you know, I'm very good. I'm, I'm very good now at knowing addresses. If I stop to get a lot from one address, then I know they're a collector, and I, I don't sign it. I, I, I put it back in the envelope and send it back to them. So it's, uh, you no, know, it's funny. when I get something, when I get something from a certain address in Maryland, a uh, certain ad- address in Kansas, a certain address in Delaware, a certain address in Pennsylvania, I know, you know, because. I, I know the names and I know the who they are and they send five or six pictures and I, I, I never sign them unless my teammates have signed them, then I'll sign it. But if it just comes for me, I, I put it back and, and mail it back to them. We're speaking with Mike Ruzioni, captain of the 1980 U.S. Winter Olympic gold medal hockey team and best-selling author of The Making of the Miracle. You mentioned ticket stubs. Ticket stubs have been a real hot collectible lately do you have ticket stubs or tickets from all the uh, olympic games you probably- i have a set of tickets i have a set of tickets that they gave us at some point i don't know who it was so i, it, I think it hangs in my basement i have a ticket of every game not signed or anything just uh, you know the tickets and they they're in a frame um is there uh anything else that you have left over for from uh you know, from from the Olympics, do you still have your your jersey from the Russian the the Russian? Game? No, I don't have anything. All I have is my ring, uh, two rings, two rings. Nice. Uh, my uh, my gold medal, uh, my skates are somewhere, and a stick from the Finland game is somewhere, which I'm about to try to find out where they are. <laughs> do you have a, a favorite story from from the uh, your Olympic? Um, time you know that that you 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 love to share or or something that maybe no i just think winning being in the locker room sharing the moments with your teammates celebrating on the ice celebrating off the ice uh you know 20 guys have bonded and 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 accomplished an incredible feat and you, you you embrace those locker room moments you embrace the time you spent with your teammates i know the team got together to commemorate the 40th anniversary do you have any plans to get together in the coming years not not right now. We're hoping to have a fantasy camp again in May. We ha- we've had three, but COVID kind of put a damper on the last two. So we do a fantasy camp in Lake Placid. People from all over the country come to it, and about a handful of my teammates show up, and we, we skate with them or practice with them, and they play games and give them all the memorabilia, you know, all the clothing, rather, that we wore in 1980. And we divide them up into four teams, and they have a tournament. So it's kind of fun. What has been the feedback from your friends and former teammates about the book, the Making the Miracle book? Um, a couple of my teammates have read it and liked it. Um, I'm not sure if anybody else reads it. Um, <laughs> you, know, you know, my friends liked it. And, you know, everybody I've talked to has enjoyed it. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure if somebody doesn't like it, I don't know if they'd tell you, hey, hey, I read your book. It sucked. I don't know. Maybe maybe that that's out there. But most of the, re- the feedback uh, has been very good. Uh, it became a bestseller. So, um but I will tell you, there's no money in books. I, I didn't write the book to make money. Um, so, 
you know, it's it's being received very well. Do you get many books in the mail to sign? Very rarely. It's funny. I don't get books. I might get books once in a while at Boston University, um, but that's that's about it. That's very neat. Why don't you let people know where they can follow you and the team on social media? Uh, well, I'm I'm not. I believe there's a Twitter. Uh, I'm on Twitter. Um, I'm not on Facebook. I'm not on Instagram. Or I might be on Instagram. I don't know. Um, uh, the team has a, a Miracle on Ice website on on, uh, on Twitter, so you can you can follow you know some of the things that are are uh, Katie Millions, her name, who handles all of our team stuff. She she tweets stuff out once in a while, but I'm I'm not a social media guy. I'm not real smart when it comes to that stuff. I I stay off of the stupid Facebook stuff. I I stay <laughs> off of a lot of things. I I use Twitter basically um, to thank people for you know if I have a speaking engagement or you know I don't tweet out hey I, you know i went to the gym and worked out yesterday so that, those I'm, I'm not that social smart follow michael ruzioni on twitter at m ruzioni that's m e r u z i o n e and you can follow the 1980 olympic hockey team at miracle on ice those are both on twitter make sure you pick up a copy of his book it's called the making of the miracle it's available on amazon it's also available at most bookstores it's a great story chronicling mike's uh, youth and growing up in winter massachusetts as well as uh, all the trials and tribulations of the 1980 olympic hockey te team so pick out pick it up it is called the miracle on ice Mike, thanks for spending some time with us today. It was a pleasure talking with you. No, I appreciate the time, and, and thanks for uh, spending some time with me. And uh, as we tell everybody, stay safe, and we'll get through this craziness. Well, I hope you enjoyed my interview with Mike Ruzioni and also my interview with, with Ted Mann, who is the uh, co-founder and CEO of uh, collects.app. So I want to thank Mike for joining the show. I want to thank Ted for joining the show. Drew, I can't believe we finally were wrapping up February. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's really gone by uh, pretty quickly here the first two months of this year. So we got hopefully warm weather's coming soon here up here in the Northeast. We had a, a foot of snow yesterday. Um, I'm going to try to go down to Florida for a couple of weeks in March to check out spring training. We'll be in Naples for the great uh, Legends of Basketball event on the 21st of March. If you're going down there, we'll, we'll report about that. Uh, we'll still be doing a show every week. Uh, again, if you want to become a guest or have any uh, feedback, you want to let us know how we're doing, send us an email. What's the email address, Drew? That's ttmcast at yahoo.com. As I said, we're booking into probably uh, March right now, the end of March for guests. So, uh, Bear with us because we'd love to have you on the show. If you're a collector, we'd love to talk to collectors, people that are about passionate about TTM, about collecting. We are, we we love to learn what you're you're collecting and how you go about collecting. Um, don't forget, we have our radio show, the Sports Collectors Club, on the Sports Map Radio Network every Sunday. Drew, anything else you want to add? I think that pretty well covers it. Uh, hopefully, we'll have some full mailboxes once again here. I mean, like you said, it's. Definitely been better here the last couple of weeks than it was throughout a lot of January. That's for sure. I know. I agree. Well, guys, join us next week when we have uh, 1974 National League Most Valuable Player. Steve Garvey will be on the show. And, uh, you know, I'm sure we'll have a lot of news to report back. So wishing everyone many happy returns. We'll see you next week.